0: Today, we are continuing with our strengths series and pulling in our mindset shift series to talk about blind spots and balance. How do you have both? Well, we do it in the context of a strengths conversation. Learning from our blind spots is a critical part of growing in our strengths and creating balance. You're going to want to listen today to discover how you can create that balance in your teams and personally.
1: Welcome to the Grounding and Growing Leadership Podcast where everyone is a leader and leadership starts with you. I'm Tara. And I'm Pamela. Thank you for listening and inviting us along on your leadership journey. Pamela, we are continuing with the Strengths Series today.
0: This is so exciting because I love being more educated to be able to see and hear and discover through this lens in a way that I didn't. I love it. It's really fun
1: to be journey with you as you go through your learning process, because you're going to see things with fresh perspective and a fresh lens. And it helps me like go back and challenge my own ideas and thoughts about things. And it helps me get a fresh perspective, which I really appreciate too. So it's benefited. It's been a big benefit to me too. And today we've been doing on and off a mindset shift series. Yeah. And we thought we would bring that into this strengths series and talk about shifting from blind spots to balance, Mm. which we'll talk about today. And I want to say up front, a common thing that I hear with strengths is I love strengths because it just focuses on the positive, right? It only focuses on the (laughs) positive and what's good. And there's some truth to that. It does frame things in the light of positive Uh psychology. Yep. And then I also hear the flip side of what's the point of only focusing on the positive? Don't we have to focus on
0: what's wrong or what's not working? And I think the truth is somewhere in the middle. Exactly. It's the balance. So I love today that we're going to get to bring that word into play and depending on which sort of lane you're thinking of with the strengths. So potentially that could be a small team within your greater team. Mm. It could be you and your spouse. It could be these different areas that some people say, I just want balance in my life. I have said this to people, balance is actually a myth uh, because it's very difficult to be living in balance in all areas of your life because there are just certain seasons that require us to give more attention to what, what the greatest need is say a young mom, brand new baby. It's hard to get out and do all the things that we could have done before. If we've got this project deadline at work, if we have this conversion that we're doing, there are just things and times and seasons when we do have to give more attention to what what needs the greatest attention, however, Within all of that, there becomes an awareness within us that we could have a, a blind spot if we know what our strengths are. And if we know, let's say what is needed in a specific project, and that is not real high on my list of strengths. Mm. And when I'm aware of that, I do want to bring into balance who I'm working with so that they can balance me out mm. on how I may see this thing or not see this thing, right?
1: Yeah. It's interesting. The chance of you having the same top five in the same order as someone else for strengths is one in 33 or one in 34 million. Mm -hmm. And the chance of you having all 34 in the same order is improbable. So each of us, we, from a faith perspective, love that we feel like strength speaks to the unique design God has for each of us unique purpose God has for each of us. And that also means that none of us can do all the things none of us are skilled and able to have all of the strengths and do everything well. So I think when you really understand that, you really embrace it, it kicks perfectionism to the curb because there's no possible way that I can be good at everything. We can't possibly be perfect or show up and be exceptional in every single area. And that includes in our roles, even if we're really well-suited to our work, even if we feel like we were made to be, you name it, a mom, a firefighter, (laughs) an administrative assistant, whatever it is that you're doing, there are going to be aspects of our role and our responsibilities that require us to do things that make us uncomfortable because they don't come naturally to us.
0: And yay, we need one another. So my strength of connectedness just says fantastic <laughs> to that. But then I also have a lot of independent strengths as well that, that counterbalances that just wants me to activate right away. That self-assurance we spoke about in the episode a couple of weeks ago believes that I do have the ability to do it or bring other people in to get it done. But I would just want to say yay to the fact that we are calling out. There is no way for us to have the capacity, the stamina, the ability to be perfect. There was only one perfect person that ever existed on earth. And we are not Jesus in any way, shape, or form in any realm that we are serving in. But we do get the opportunity to grow our strengths. And Mm -hmm. one of the ways that we can truly emotionally grow from raw to mature in our strengths is to know when we need to counterbalance our strengths with people who have strengths that will enhance Mm -hmm. what we have been gifted with. So balance can come either from
1: people who are maybe more mature in a similar strength than we are, who can help us see a path forward in maturing our own strengths. And it can come from the opposite end of a spectrum, someone who really brings a talent or a skill or an ability to the table that just does not come naturally to us. So, when I was talking earlier about there, there are people who really struggle to look at the blind spots, whether that's in strengths or at other places, and it's akin a to toxic positivity. Let's only look at the bright side of yeah. the way we're wired. Yes, it is absolutely where we're going to contribute our best. And I say this all the time, but our greatest opportunity for weakness is also from those top talents, because those are our instincts. Those Mm -hmm. are our gut level reactions. If we're going to get in our own way or get in someone else's way, it's going to be out of those instincts, those mindless responses and reactions.
0: Yeah. And depending Mm -hmm. on how I'm showing up today, I want to gut check myself. Do I need to be just right in this space? Mm -hmm. Just need to get my voice heard? Or are we in a really a good healthy place where we're being curious about really what is the best path?
1: This is where it's really important to not take a surface level understanding whether you are talking about any assessment, yeah, but we're talking about strength specifically, but it could be Enneagram. It could be MBTI. It could be a number of assessments. If you only take the surface level, it's really easy to put yourself in a box, not just other people, but put yourself in a box. Oh, this just, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. This is just the way it is. Yeah, And the reason I love strengths is there is a growth path in strengths. It assumes that there's room to grow. In fact, you have an infinite amount of room to grow within your strengths. So the irony is, yes, these are things that come naturally to you and that you have the capacity or ability to do better maybe than other people do. Mm -hmm. But it also means that you get to never be done growing in that area. There is never a day you arrive in that thing.
0: I love that because there's no ceiling. Ceiling. Oh, and it doesn't matter what age you are or gender or where you're living around the world. There there isn't a cultural ceiling because strength's really what I loved learning about it is that it is the same cross cultures Mm -hmm. as it is in the West, where we are right now. It doesn't matter where you are, it doesn't matter your gender, what position that you have, like all of these things. The science of this is so proven. So I find a lot of
1: hope, and I know it's because I have a growth mindset and a value, a core value of growth and improvement. Yeah. But I find a lot of hope in the fact that who I am today can only get better.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: That even if I'm bringing my best, there's another level that I get to experience and reach somewhere in the future. And I will say, and I, that your circumstances might be aligning. Where you get to bring your best self, all your needs are met, and then your circumstances change. And right. that's where you really assess whether or not you are maturing your strengths or you are just getting all of your needs met. If you're getting all of your needs met, it's easy to show up as your best self. Mm. But if all of your needs aren't met, or if there are certain triggers happening for you, or if certain people make you uncomfortable, then we get to really test whether or not we're showing up as emotionally mature. Yeah. As people, as well as mature within our strengths.
0: And this is where these blind spots, like this is not a place to start leaning back and shrinking back in shame. This can be, if something pops out of you, whether it is a reaction or whether you're finding yourself not leading your team well, or you get some feedback, this is where you want to have what is inside when it is tested under pressure, come forward because it can train you. It can show you, I still have an opportunity here to grow. And depending on how you see that within yourself, you could stay in a shame storm and avoid the things that are hard and want to not tell that story, but let me tell you that your team is noticing how you process that issue within you, because then you are telling them how you will process that within them. Well, if you're looking at it and you're saying like, wow, okay, this was a miss or this response was a miss. And you're the type of person that sees that miss or that blind spot within you as a chance to continue to grow and you model it for them, then they're okay with not being perfect, then they're okay with maturing their talents. So this is a big opportunity. Blind spots can actually not be a barrier, but a gift to us if we see it in the right lens.
1: I want to interrupt our strengths conversation today to share a story with you. A few years ago, I started working with a small business that had a team of about 12 people. They really enjoyed their work and they enjoyed working together they had a lot of work to do, they were very stressed, and sometimes they really struggled to work and communicate effectively. We started by debriefing each person with their personal strengths and then we did a team session. This team now meets with us monthly because they've seen incredible progress in how they communicate with each other and make progress faster. It's an investment they're willing to make because it has had business impact. Listen one and done team building with strengths is fun and we'll do it but it's not gonna result in long-term benefits unless you continue to focus on how to leverage your strengths as a team and talk about it and make it part of your everyday operations. If you're a team who has done strengths once, but it has not you haven't really implemented it, invite us to come in and make a real impact with your team. All of the Align coaches are now Gallup certified. Pamela, Ashley, and I are ready and willing to come in and invest with your team. Email me if you'd like more information, Tara at aligntransform.com for more information about strengths or any of our services. And now back to the episode. Absolutely. So first of all, understanding them is necessary. So I talk, we at align have a a proven process. It's aware align accelerate. You Mm -hmm. have, but step one is awareness. We have to grow awareness before we can align. And what by alignment in this situation is alignment of values, words, actions, strengths, making sure all of those align, but you can't align anything if you don't first grow your awareness. So blind spots are a critical part of growing your awareness. So if you have your strengths and you haven't really dug into understanding what do the blind spots for me show Mm -hmm. up as you might read your report and say, boy, I don't really think this was an issue. I do recommend walking through it with someone who knows you well, who can say, it is a blind spot because sometimes we don't, even if it's in print, we don't see our own blind spots, right? <laughs> Why well, it's called a blind spot. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a blind spot for a reason. It's because it we literally don't see it or we don't see it as a problem. We mm-hmm. don't see it as a challenge, Yeah, but we have to see and acknowledge those blind spots if we're going to mature and grow in them. Yeah. So I think maybe it would be helpful if we each took one of our strengths, talked about a blind spot that we are aware of and we've worked through. 100%. Tara, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say that futuristic, one of the blind spots for futuristic is that I can see the potential future so clearly. And a blind spot to me is that I forget all of the time that other people don't see it. Or that it's not obvious to them where we're going. And so I I will forget to help people understand the direction. Another blind spot for futuristic is impatience, which is a known blind spot for me. (laughs) (laughs) That one would be hard for me to deny. But finding a way to have patience and trust that I know how to get there or that we as a team know how to get there really challenges me to push and grow my futuristic so understanding our blind spots can help us grow and push it and i've really overcome some big blind spots as it pertains to futuristic in the last year
0: Hmm. yeah i have noticed that in you and I have also noticed that you have not only been more open for feedback in that, but you've also asked for it mm-hmm. and you've called yourself out on it. Mm-hmm. And you've said we, we personify our strengths a bit in conversation. This is my futuristic or this is futuristic, like it's a person at the table because it does feel like that. Mm-hmm. We're having this conversation with futuristic in our head or whatever it is. But I've noticed, I've also noticed that you bring it forward in conversation, which allows those who are with you to take a deep breath, to recognize, oh, she's self-aware that this is here. And it also may be that we need to be challenged to come along with your futuristic that's leading, but we just need to make sure that we've talked all the way around what is going to be the best for the whole team.
1: Yeah. And even though I have a couple of relationship building themes, influencing and strategic thinking really drive most of my behavior and responses you lead with relationship building. So you bring balance to our partnership because when I'm driving, you're the one who's going to help me slow down necessarily to say, this is going to impact how people feel about this. Or have you thought about this? Mm -hmm. I don't always love those questions. If I'm honest, especially if I'm in driver mode, (laughs) yeah,
0: Feels like I'm putting the brakes on you. And I know I can see it when I ask (laughs) those questions and you're like, I don't care. (laughs) And or it's not, maybe I care, but I don't like it. I don't you know. Like, yeah, yeah. And they just got to, sometimes we do, we have to say for the goals, for the vision, we do need to get on the bus and come along. And then there are other times where we do need to slow down and we need to be people focused. And, and so I love that we bring that balance.
1: Yeah. And I think because we align on value. So here's what I'll say is if you're looking for people to balance, who you work with or you're partnering with. It's really helpful to know where you align in your values and your core values, because if you have values alignment, then you can bring different perspectives or different contributions and strengths because the end goal or outcome or intention is aligned. So we both, we have similar values. We know that we're working towards the same thing, but we bring different perspectives about how we're going to get there or what's important along the way. But a year ago, if I hadn't done the work to recognize that those blind spots were not just getting in my way, but starting to get in everyone else's way,
0: Mm.
1: we wouldn't have made the progress we've made. And I would say, wouldn't be having the kind of fun that we get to have Mm. now. So along with maturing your strengths, there is a freedom that comes with those levels of maturity
0: and it's well worth the work. It is so worth the work and it does flow and it is fun. And when you're going to have these conversations, one of the things that I've, I try to do as much as possible when I want to push back on something or I'm noticing something in, and here's just a little clue. It's always best to ask a question. Could I have permission to share a different perspective? Um, is it all right if I push back on that a little bit, especially if you're in a group, you know, just to be respectful and to honor so that the person doesn't immediately put up under their defenses? And instead of blurting out, what about blah, 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 that's going to affect this and this saying, Hey, can I lend another perspective? Let's consider how this may impact this group of people. As I lead blue, very relationally, the two, two of the same ways to say the same thing, but one can be received so much, so much differently than the others. Mm. And so that art of giving that pushback or that feedback or considering rather Mm. than telling is also going to go a long way.
1: So what's interesting. And and this is part of this balance, this shift from blind spot to balance notice where, when, if you are inviting someone else in to bring balance, notice where it makes you uncomfortable mm-hmm. and pause before you respond. So there are times that Pamela does or says things that I think, Oh, that's really sensitive or, Really vulnerable, or I might think those things. By the way, I value those things, but they make me uncomfortable sometimes, depending on the audience, the circumstances, where we are, what we're doing. And I have learned because I trust Pamela, I've learned to just pause and let it be mm-hmm. instead of jumping in to try and fix it because it's not being fixed for anyone but me. The only person, usually, that it would need to be fixed for would be my own discomfort in the moment which has more to do with a story I'm telling myself about how it's landing than it is about what's actually being done. But I say that because what comes naturally to us is comfortable. And what doesn't come as naturally to us is going to be uncomfortable. And we, that's where we grow. We grow in the discomfort. So I have become a more emotionally mature and grounded person because I've allowed myself to be influenced, impacted and balanced through my relationship with
0: you, Pamela. And I have become also one that lives in the question of what story do I want to tell six months from now? Because I have this emotionally mature relationship with you. You're planning out in the future and you give me so much to look forward to as even just today, we had a future conversation and I'm like, oh, Wow, that's amazing. I love that thought and that idea because my strengths are much more present-oriented, today-oriented and the work that needs to be done today. But it's no fun if I can't think of a reward for the work that I'm doing today. So I love the fact that I'm living more present in what story do I wanna tell six Mm -hmm. months from now. So the other thing to keep in mind with this balance so where are you
1: feeling uncomfortable? What are the people or circumstances that seem to trigger the blind spots for you? Mm, so yes. certain kinds of stress will get my anxiety up around what's happening in the future. So we'll trigger those futuristic blind spots. Sure. And you said before, I've given language to it with our team. And so hopefully everyone feels like they have permission to speak up or say something. If they notice that I'm living there, you're going to have moments. Everyone's going to have moments. Yeah. But if you're living there too much, hopefully someone you've given permission and provided enough safety for people to speak up with you so that they can point out. And that is a gift. Hey friend, I've noticed You've been sharp and impatient. Are you okay? What's going on? What do you need? Mm, yeah, like <clears throat> sometimes just that having pointed out is, oh, I just need to calm down. I just need to remind myself that we're making progress, yeah, and we're getting there. And yeah. the timeline, what I had a really great coach, Simon, who is going to be on soon, Yay! which I'm excited about. He once just told me who gave you a timeline. And that was really helpful to me to be like, oh, I forget all the time. This is my own timeline. This is the timeline I gave myself. There's no one else operating on this timeline, just my own anxious self. And Mm -hmm. I have no business putting that timeline on everyone else if it doesn't actually help us get
0: to the Mm -hmm. end goal. Mm -hmm. So good.
1: Yeah. Pamela, how about for you? Which of your strength blind spots have you worked on and where have you found balance?
0: As I was looking through, and this isn't the one that I'm going to talk about, but my belief said to me, Pamela, be honest and authentic. And the one right now that comes to me is my restorative, which is at number eight. And I think one of the challenges of this for me is when I either have a a mediation that I'm working through from a counseling perspective or a team that is glossing over some of the real issues and just wants to sweep things under the rug uh, or a relationship that's undone in my personal life that hasn't resolved itself yet. I can live in the stress and angst of that, or I have lived in the stress and angst of that in a way that it has robbed me of sleep, of peace, of of reconnection, which connectedness for me is number two. So those two things, I greatly desire truth in those situations, not fake harmony, not fakeness, but I've had to learn that in certain places and because my belief is also very strong, that there are some things that I get to do well because love requires that of me. Mm -hmm. And I get to pursue what eventual harmony will look like. And we can only have harmony if it's two people. And so I get to stay present and be patient and wait. I I say, I don't wait for something. I wait with, and I'm waiting with my creator in that space. So he's helping me wait. Mm -hmm. And as I'm waiting with then I just have to deep breathe and say, you're doing something in me as I'm waiting. If it's a personal relationship to be restored, if it's a team, if there's a mediation that is going very slowly because I'm an activator, I want it to happen a whole lot sooner. And I would love to just be able to be like Bob Newhart. It was so funny. I looked at this counseling. Somebody sent it to me again and I've seen it before. It's this counseling video of him. Yeah, it's the stop it video. (laughs) And it's just, I want to just say to someone, just stop we'll put it we'll put the link in the oh in the show gosh. notes cuz that's funny it's so funny and to just sit there with it and I learn a lot in the process, and mm-hmm. I've also learned for me that it is not my responsibility to restore and fix every single relationship. And my personal responsibility, if it is personal, is what is my part? How do I humbly invite for and forgive and ask for forgiveness? Because I don't want to just say I'm sorry. I want to say, here's what I learned in this situation. Here's what I'm committed to doing different. How do we co-create the steps moving forward so that we actually grow stronger through this stress fracture rather than Mm -hmm. stay disconnected? So that's what I've learned about myself there. But what I've also learned that if I'm unhealthy with that restorative, if people aren't coming along, if a team isn't coming along, if a client's really taking a long time, I can use a, a very modern term, cancel out the restoration process and just close the door. And I do not want to be a close the door person. That's where I've seen a lot of growth. Yeah. So that one of the blind
1: spots I'm hearing you say with restorative is the urge to fix. <clears throat> and yep. typically restorative takes it upon themselves to fix whatever it is. So it's not on necessarily on its own a desire to come together with others to fix it. It is a desire to jump in and be the fixer. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm hearing you say is you're pausing art. So are you finding the balance then in how you work with others in their strengths, or is it more that you're pulling from other strengths of yours to bring
0: balance? I believe I'm pulling from the other strengths with belief being right there, with empathy being very close to my self assurance in that space. I do a lot of pausing and I very actively recognize where my peace is being stolen. And I believe peace is a promise for everyone who walks the walk of faith. It doesn't mean circumstances are peaceful. It means that I get to be centered at the core, no matter what the circumstances. I believe peace is a person. And so when I place my eyes and my focus there, I can have peace. And it's truly what makes me walking into a very tense situation, very uncommon. It It's a bit of a awareness, superpower that people don't understand, but Mm -hmm. it's because I am very intentional about what I'm focusing on and what I'm bringing to the group that I'm with or the person that I'm with. One of the Mm -hmm. challenges
1: with strengths is getting trapped in them where we use them as an excuse, which puts us back into that victim mentality, which we did that mindset shift episode a few, a little while ago, but we can easily use our strengths As an excuse to stay stuck. Oh, I guess I'm just, that's not in my top 10. I'm not good at that. Or I'm an activator, so I'm going to disrupt.
0: And that's just the way it's going to be. Or you know what? Hey, I'm Irish. And so you're (laughs) just going to get my rage constantly. Yeah. So using any,
1: whether it's strengths as a replacement for your identity Mm -hmm. is really dangerous because it keeps us stuck in a place of being static. And that is not the intent Well, we don't believe that's the intent of our creator, but that's not also not the intent of strengths. The the beauty of strengths is allowing for that growth path. Now, I will say, I don't have a lot of executing strengths. Mm -hmm. I do get drained if I'm stuck in task mode too long. And so I have to know how to set myself up for success. And I need to know my limits and my boundaries around what I can say yes and no to. So there's a difference though of using it to stay stuck
0: Mm. versus setting yourself
1: up for success or partnering with someone who has different strengths and working together.
0: Yeah, oh, absolutely. And I love that you said, so I understand about myself that I get drained when I'm in this space for too long. And I understand that about even the dynamic of how quickly it is for me to activate as compared to other people and how I need to allow people to come along and not get frustrated with that. Mm-hmm. In my personal things, like I get to set the pace. And that's beautiful because nobody's living at my pace at four in the morning with me. I'm a morning girl and I can change the world between four and nine in the morning. And (laughs) it's just, it's just the way it is. But there's just not a lot of people in that space that live, live with me there. And I could use it as an excuse to just say, y'all are slow and I can't work with any of you. Or I could say my role on this team is this, and I get to encourage people while also saying, I don't expect you to be in this with me at 4.30 in the morning or manager, set your emails to be sent out to everyone at 8 a.m. And if you're doing it overnight, if you're working overnight, don't be sending emails out overnight, like lead by example. I could be activating all night long, but I don't want to put that extra stress and so I'm gonna do something that will help to build a bridge in relationship with my strength rather than cut me off from them.
1: So some the other thing that can happen, Pamela, is that when we don't have a strength, or when we have a lot of one type of strength, mm-hmm. that's where we're gonna operate. Your domain, if you're familiar with domains, so I'm gonna just run through them quickly. All of your strengths are underpinned with a core motivation. And those core motivations is really what we talk about a lot. But those are grouped into four categories called leadership domains. The domains are, purple are executing themes. Those are all about getting things done. Mm -hmm. The nuance of what inspires you or motivates you to get things done is the nuance of each theme. The relationship building or blue themes are all about building connection and one-on-one relationships. And the nuance of each theme is what you sense And how it contributes to relationships. The green or thinking themes are all about clarity and processing information and how you process information and the speed at which you process information is the nuance of each of those themes. And then the orange themes are about sensing and shifting people's momentum. And the nuance is that each theme indicates what you shift it towards. Okay. So that's just high level, the domains. So from there, though, understanding what your leadership domain is really helpful to see where you have maybe a superset of skills as well as a superset of blind spots. Mm. So for example, working with a team that has high, maybe achiever responsibility, maybe everyone on the team has one, two, or both of those, right? One or one or the other or both of those. That's going to be a high driving team, probably who love to get a lot done. They probably aren't, depending on the rest of their strengths, maybe they don't have a lot of thinking themes, for example. Mm. They are going to have to be intentional. So it doesn't mean that they can't think. It doesn't mean that they aren't capable of planning. It means that it is not going to naturally occur to them to create space to do that. So they're going to have to be intentional to create and use a framework or structure or a practice or a habit to build that in order to be intentional with planning. Yeah. So if you lead with a lot of relationship building, maybe you're really great one-on-one, but maybe you are supposed to be moving a whole group forward. And so you're really conscious of how each individual is moving, but you haven't really stepped back to think about how do I get the whole group to move? Yeah. You can be influential with a group and not have high influencing, but you're going to have to, step, you're going to need to create space to be intentional with that.
0: Mm -hmm. And then we were talking about this earlier, those with high thinking themes, they can get often uh, caught in all the data rather Mm -hmm. than the doing. Yes. So
1: maybe you spend a lot of time thinking, rethinking, contemplating, planning, maybe you love to plan maybe actually getting down to brass tacks of how something's actually going to get done is challenging for you. Mm -hmm. So yes, first of all, understand who on your team is good at that and partner with them. So that's one way to add balance. But the other way is to make space in your planning process to say, okay, now we're going to move this into action planning. We're going to give ourselves a deadline, but after which we're not going to rethink this decision, we're not going to redo the plan, Because I've seen teams who lead with high strategic thinking get lost there for years and never make progress. (laughs) And it drives me nuts. (laughs) They need to say, okay, we've talked about this enough. They need to create some deadlines for themselves. So that's one structure that's helpful for people with high strategic thinking. Like Mm -hmm. after this, we're not going to collect more information. We're not going to get more perspectives. We're going to make a decision. And then after that, we're going to move into action planning And then from action planning, you're going to like assign, delegate ownership and put deadlines and action prioritize, but you need the action planning process. And then you need people who will actually do it. So the point is wherever you're strong is your instinct. And it also means that you are not going to naturally take time for the things you're not strong in, Mm -hmm. but that's where our superpower can come.
0: Oh yeah. And one of the best leaders that I've heard that we follow Andy Stanley Leadership Podcast, and I have heard him say from the very beginning, as a leader, one of the best things you can do is to not be the smartest person at the table. And that's his ability to recognize that he does have blind spots and he says it very humbly and very openly. And then the second thing that he says is that not every table is the same. Depending Mm. on the project, he's always asking who needs to be at this table, Mm -hmm. and it may not be that this amazing leader in this one area that he works at quite often needs to be there. And there's nothing worse than being at a table that you don't need to be at, getting one more meeting, one more assignment. But sometimes we can feel left out from not being at the table. But leader, it's an opportunity to really bring in the right people, again, to be able to speak to those areas to make you go further faster, recognize that, lead in that way, and then empower other people to lead in that way as well. And one of the ways you can do that, so you can look at roles and responsibilities
1: and making sure you have the right people with the right experience and perspectives at the table. And one of them can be strengths. So I have a team I'm working with. They don't have a lot of influencing themes Mm -hmm. and they are really struggling to gain momentum as a team. So they do have a few people on their team who have influencing themes. So we've worked on when to bring them in specifically and what to ask their help for. Okay, we are stuck here. Yeah. Person with high maximizer and communication. How do we take this and get everyone on board and gain clarity so that people start moving in this direction and get their perspective? Because they're going to see things through that lens of influencing, which the group isn't. And you don't have to invite them to the table for the 20, meetings, you could invite them to a couple of key meetings where you're talking about how to take this to market or how to take this mm. to the, t- the bigger
0: team. Mm. Oh, that's so good. I absolutely love that example. And how empowering is it to honor those people who see through that lens and to bring them in? It's like special teams. Mm -hmm. We're we're recording this just right after the Super Bowl. And boy, special teams made a huge difference in that game. And it can make a huge difference with our teams as well. This is such a great conversation to have because those blind spots can derail us. Mm -hmm. But as we're talking about it in regards to strengths, like truly This discovery process can lead to balance in our work lives and our teams and in our personal life. And I would be
1: remiss because we were talking about maturing, Pamela, that we, if we didn't mention, we have a workshop coming up in a few weeks, March 13th, we are providing a workshop called the it factor emotional maturity. And we find the real difference between leaders who are effective long-term And those who aren't is emotional maturity and it's pervasive. in what we were just talking about in order to move from blind spot to balance, we have to mature and grow our own emotional maturity. So please check out the workshop. It's coming up on the 13th and there'll be a registration link in the show notes.
0: Yeah. And it is it is different than emotional intelligence. Mm. So we can have awareness and intelligence is information, but moving it from information to transformation is the maturing process. So you may have heard a lot about emotional intelligence. This is different. This is about moving it to maturity.
1: Love that. Thanks for listening, everyone. Please make sure you give us a like on your platform where you're listening. Feel free to share and we will see you next week with another great strengths episode.